This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. One of the things I know many of us have in common is that we want to have a freedom lifestyle, to live and work anywhere we want. But the hardest thing to do is start, especially when you don't have a job that will allow you to be location independent. The fastest and easiest way to begin is to teach abroad. Don't have experience teaching, you say? Well, no worries. I found a great company that can help you start your new adventure. CIEE provides teaching English as a foreign language certification that will give you the right tools to earn money while traveling, all while making an impact on the local communities. Courses begin every two weeks, so get started today. For more information, visit CIEE.org OBL. I can't wait to see you start living your location-independent lifestyle today. This week, I speak with Johnny Sweet, who is a full-time freelance remote writer. Before becoming a remote writer, Johnny took a lot of twists and turns in her career. From working in a newspaper in Indonesia, a travel magazine in New York City, to slowly transitioning to the finance industry where she worked as a content strategist before finally becoming a full-time remote writer. Her experience in the finance industry allowed her to realize that she didn't thrive working in an office. The feeling of discontent and the need to pay off student loans led Johnny to dive into becoming a part-time remote writer while still working at her day job. Today, Johnny lives in New York City as a full-time writer and has been published in National Geographic, Forbes, Thrillist, Huffington Post, and so much more. On this episode, Johnny shares how to become a freelance location independent writer and why prioritizing what's most important in your life is crucial to success. Johnny and I met during our time together in Mexico with Vera Journeys and we had such a fun time together and also a pretty interesting meeting. So make sure you listen to that story because it's pretty funny. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I do. Hi, Johnny. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with me today in this beautiful weather in New York City and for allowing me to do this interview with you. I'm so excited to see you again after our meeting in Mexico. I'm really excited to see you too. I'm glad you could make it down here and do this interview with me. So Johnny and I, just a little background of how we met, we met each other in Mexico through Vera Journeys and that was such an interesting experience being with all of you entrepreneurs in Mexico in such an incredible setting and I've learned so much from you. How was that trip like for you and what did you take away from it? I love that trip. I mean, I think the biggest thing I took away from it was a lot of inspiration. It was so great collaborating with people who work in all kinds of different mediums that it felt inspiring and it encouraged me to like step out of my shell a little bit and start Instagramming more and start pitching bigger outlets for my writing. And also, Johnny and I have a really uh, unique meeting. <laughs> Johnny and I were roommates when we were with Vera Journeys and she came in a few hours before I did and I came in really late and we actually met in bed. bed. (laughs) We met in bed. She was literally sleeping and then we woke up in the morning and we said hi to each other in bed. (laughs) Best meeting ever. I know now every time people ask us, how did you guys meet? In bed. We met in bed. So, Johnny, you have such an interesting background. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you live an offbeat life? 
Sure. I started working in magazines after college. I studied journalism up at Ithaca College. You know, I bounced around a little bit. I worked in San Francisco, and then I moved to Indonesia to work at a newspaper um, before finally landing in New York, where I spent a few years working at a local travel magazine. And then I slowly transitioned into the finance industry, spending a year, a little over a year, working at J.P. Morgan as a content strategist. During that time, I found that I just couldn't thrive in offices. Having this set schedule, having to be under the fluorescent lights all day, really wasn't working for me, even though I really liked the projects I was working on. A combination of that and a need to make some extra money to pay off my student loans drove me to pursue freelance writing. And so I did that for the nights and the weekends for about three years before finally making the transition to a full-time freelance writer. Wow, that is such a great transition for you because you really stuck it out. You were doing all of these different things before you finally pursued what you really wanted to do. So when you first took that first step to become a freelance writer, how was that transition like? What were the first steps you took in order to reach that goal? I found, I think it was was a job listing on Indeed looking for remote copywriters for it was actually it turned out to be a content farm but it actually was really great experience at the beginning because it was a low pressure way for me to start writing on the side and making some extra money Um, so they would assign me three blog posts a day for small businesses in every industry you could imagine like tree service construction restaurants like anything and I would um, do blog posts for them and I would have a two-day turnaround and that kind of built this discipline in me for meeting my deadlines, getting the work done, even when I was tired, even after a long day at work. And it also built my confidence up to start pursuing other opportunities. So that was kind of how I got my start. Now, when you were finally ready to leave your job at JP Morgan, how were you able to finally realize that you were finally ready to leave your nine to five to pursue this full time? I think the biggest thing was that I started having more and more client work, like more and more editors started reaching out to me and I was having to turn work down because I just didn't have the time between working full time and writing articles for the clients I was already working with. I felt like all of a sudden here's this opportunity passing me by and it felt like the right time to grab it. So I had been putting away some money for a few years. I felt like my savings were where I needed them to be to do this. And I felt like I finally had enough clients. So I set a date and I booked a flight to Malta for a couple days after that, that quitting date so that I would be sure to actually do it and leave and having a trip kind of made that transition easier for me. <laughs> that is such a great way to do it. Set the date and book a trip. We should all be doing <laughs> When you said that there were editors that were asking you to do all of these articles, how did they find you? Sometimes I don't really know how they find me. I do have a website where people can contact me through a form online. So sometimes people reach out to me that way. I'm also part of some online writers groups. A lot of them are on Facebook and so many editors are on there posting opportunities. So sometimes I would apply to those when it was something really compelling or interesting. And other times my editors would refer me to their colleagues and say, oh, you need to work with this writer. She's great. So it got to the point where it felt like I had lots and lots of assignments coming my way and I really wanted to to go after them. I also feel like those Facebook groups are so helpful and you do get jobs from that and you meet so many different people that can really help you. Can you give us one or two of those Facebook groups that would be really great for people who are also starting out? Well, um, some of them are secret. So 
I don't want to get kicked out of the groups, but there's some secret women's writers groups that if you just talk to other women writers, you're going to meet people who are in those groups and can invite you. I would say just start networking like crazy. Like tell everybody you know that you want to you want to do more writing or whatever it is, whatever craft it is that you're pursuing, and people will get you into those networks online. Yeah, that's so true. Networking and collaborating with people is a really great way for you to start into a new niche or if you just want to start writing that's really great and honestly with any niche it's just making sure that you're talking to the right people and you're collaborating is always a good idea your day right now must look so different from before you left your day job can you tell us what your average day looks like now I would say on like a typical work day, I probably spend half the day at my co-working space. I'm part of this cool co-working service called Spacious where they rent out restaurants that are closed during the day to open them up to co-working. So there's a restaurant right near my apartment called The Writing Room, which, you know, it's a fitting name. And I go work there for a few hours and then I come home and if it's like a deadline heavy day, I'll just keep working at my desk at home and have snacks, have music on. But I try and pepper my days with other things too like working out is really important to me so whenever I have the chance I take a yoga class I write sometimes about restaurants in the city and spas in the city so occasionally I get the opportunity to go check them out in person and other times I have client meetings or meetings with PR people to explore opportunities so those will fill my day as well. How are you able to incorporate travel as a writer? Because you don't only just focus on travel when you're writing, you do other things too, like health. It's a struggle sometimes. Um, So when I'm traveling, I do find that it's harder to focus and it's something I'm working on. But when I have a trip coming up, I try and limit the amount of assignments I have due that week just to uh, keep things balanced. And, you know, it might mean that I have more work the week before, the week after, but I try and limit how much I'm doing on the trips so that I can actually enjoy them and, and be there and experience and do my research while I can. I think advanced planning plays a big part of it. Try and plan my trips as well in advance as I can. So usually I'll have a couple months notice, which is nice. Then I can adjust my workload and plan ahead and and build my assignments around it instead of doing them on the road. But I do keep working when I'm on the road. Sometimes it means like after a very busy day exploring a new city, it means that I'm at my desk in my hotel room, writing an article, catching up on emails, even conducting interviews myself. And other times I'll have to get up at five in the morning or work on planes, which I hate, but it makes the flight go by so fast. That's true. Unless you just fall asleep like I do most of the time. (laughs) Like I was telling Johnny before, I will just sleep through anything. I'll just sleep through the day if I could. You talked about how hard it is to balance working and traveling, but what about just working in general when you're working for yourself? Because now you are not in an office, your boss is not hovering over your shoulders, and you don't have coworkers that you're doing this with. How do you stay productive and motivated when you're working for yourself? I almost think for um, a person like me and, and people who are driven entrepreneurially they get self-motivated so I'm I feel like I've gotten way more motivated since I left the full-time world I've never been great with authority and having somebody else telling me 
I need this whenever. But, you know, I do report to my clients and my goal is to keep them happy so that we can keep working together. And if that means late nights and early mornings and and really like busting my butt sometimes to get things done, I do it. But it feels good. Even on the hard days, it feels better than the easy days ever felt when I worked at a full time job. So that's kind of what keeps me motivated. And just knowing what the other end of it looks like (laughs) makes you more motivated to keep doing what you're doing right now. Throughout this whole journey that you've had so far, what has been the biggest challenge that you've encountered and how do you usually handle them? I think whenever you are doing something for yourself, it's easy to have self-doubt. Like, can I do this? Is it worth my time? Why do I even bother? But I think those are just part of the negative stories we tell ourselves. And I think it's important to tell ourselves new stories and about why things are worth doing, why the hard stuff is worth pursuing. So, you know, one of my goals right now is to start pitching bigger, glossy magazines because I really want to be published there. But, you know, it's hard because you feel like, oh, I'm competing against hundreds of other writers. They're never going to read my work. But the truth is, somebody has to get published in those magazines, and why can't it be me? I've been working on my career for a long time now, and my writing's as good or better than anybody else's. So I think confidence can be a big struggle, but I think it's just about reframing your thoughts and telling yourself new stories and and trying to get more context to what you're saying. I think we've all felt that, that self-doubt, and it doesn't matter how far you've gotten or where you are at that point that you have and also the imposter syndrome and it's such a huge problem for most of us yeah I mean I think it's something women in particular struggle with even when we have successes we sometimes think oh it's a fluke or oh uh, they must have you know made a mistake when they picked me to do this amazing project but you know you were chosen for a reason and and it's important to acknowledge that and acknowledge the hard work that you've put in to get to this point And also, I think we underestimate all the work we've done because we just see the daily grind and we keep stepping forward and we don't see how far we've come that we don't realize all of the hard work that has led us to that point of wherever you are. So you definitely deserve it. (laughs) I know you've done a lot of interviews and you've talked to a lot of people. What has been the worst advice that you have ever received? I mean, I think it is really advice, but what I've seen other writers do is just be a little too casual. I see other writers kind of complaining when when their sources ask them repeatedly to send links to stories or when their editors aren't flexible with a deadline. And yeah, those are like realities that we have to deal with. But I think to be in this industry, you have to be really reliable and you have to give back to your sources. You know, I ask doctors and other amazing people for their time every day for interviews and they they get nothing out of it aside from a shout out in an article. The least I could do is take the time to follow up and send them a link to it once it gets posted. So yeah, it's not really advice, but I do what I see other writers doing is being a little too casual. And that extra little thing that you're doing makes such a huge difference for people because they are putting their time and effort into it as well, not just you. That's a really great tip to have there. Thank you, Johnny, for that. (laughs) How were you able to finance your career at the start and how do you continue to do that today? Well, I think starting out working in magazines in New York City, my salary was embarrassingly low. So low. I probably could have 
made a lot more as a waitress, but it was something I really wanted to do. So I got a very low cost apartment in Harlem and made a long commute to, to Midtown every day just to get to work on time. And then I still realized I was struggling financially. So that's when I started picking up the side work, the freelance writing that I'm now doing full time. So I think if you do want to do something that doesn't pay that well, there are other things you can do to supplement your income. It just requires a lot of extra work and a lot of dedication. So, you know, you have to evaluate for yourself whether or not it's worth it. And now what I'm really grateful for is that I spent a few years building up my savings so that as a freelancer, your income is not always reliable. Some months you make more, some months you make less. And sometimes your clients are late on paying you, and that's a reality. So when that happens, I'm able to dip into my savings to borrow against myself a little bit to pay my bills, and then I can put the money back in when it does show up. I love that you were ready for this transition and you really saved before you left just in case because as a freelancer, it's so hard to create that steady income. So a smart thing to do is definitely have savings before you dive into this full time and fully. Achieving your goals and your dreams, it's not easy for any of us and there's a lot of obstacles that you have to get through. How do you usually handle stress and anxiety when you're faced with it? So stress and anxiety can really slow you down when you're working. Lately, I've been learning that it's better to take a time out when I'm really feeling like I can't do something or I'm way overwhelmed and actually step away from it. It feels counterintuitive because when you have so much on your plate, you think I need to power through this, I need to get it done. But lately I've been you know if I feel overwhelmed I'll go take a long walk or I'll try and like get out to a yoga class or treat myself to lunch or something else something to get me away from my computer get my head in a new space and kind of regroup and um, come back to the work with a fresh head and that's been helping a lot I think it's also important to be okay to just relax and not do anything. I know, especially with us women, and I'm sure men as well, that you feel guilty when you're not doing anything, but that's self-care, and that's what you really need sometimes, and if you don't have that, you actually don't work as well. Yeah, if you don't take care of yourself, the work is never going to get done. So for me, I try and limit what I schedule on the weekends. My weeks are so heavily scheduled from 7 a.m. to maybe 9 9 p.m. Every hour is booked in some way that having the weekends free to either lay on my couch and watch TV or go on walks or or do something if I feel like it. I'd like to leave the weekends as totally free open time for me. And that gives me the recharge I need to go into the next work week. And it also allows you to enjoy what you're doing as well. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy do you want to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I always say I never want to be famous, but I oh, I want to be known in my field. So I want people to be able to read my health and travel articles and get something out of them even years later. Sometimes the news stuff is pretty short-lived, but other times I write stories that feel like they're kind of eternal and they have themes that will always apply and, and be meaningful to people's lives. So I'm hoping that when you pick up my work 50 years later, at least a portion of it will still be meaningful and interesting to the folks that find it. Eventually, I would also like to write some books. I've already authored a short travel guide on New York City for National Geographic, and that was amazing. So I want to write longer uh, travel guides and and longer books once the right inspiration is there and, and when I feel like it's the right time in my life to do it. I'm so proud of you. So many things. I am so excited. And you're already starting and you just left your your day job not too long ago and you're already 
accomplishing all of these things. So I'm pretty sure it's it's going to happen, Johnny. <laughs> All right, let's get to some fun questions. <laughs> some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you, hiking and really cheesy like 80s and romantic movies. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? What do you nerd out on? So I love weird fitness stuff. I've taken a trapeze class in New York City that it's so cool. You are and you end up going upside down and you can see One World Trade Center in the background like upside down and and that is so fun. So any sort of like weird, obscure, physically active thing, I have so much fun with. I also like travel a lot, um, as you might have gathered from this interview. Um, I try and travel whenever I can, so I'm always trying to look for like cool, interesting places that people don't always think to go of. For example, one of my favorite trips was to the country of Jordan a couple years ago, and seeing Petra and all these cool archaeological sites was amazing. So I loved that. I love cats, too. <laughs> my boyfriend and I could just lay in bed and scroll through our favorite cat Instagrams all day long. And it's so fun. I love cats. <laughs> That's like a dark hole you will never get out of once you start looking at cute cat pictures, cute cat videos, cute cat anything. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> if you were given a one minute ad slot on the Super Bowl that you can't sell with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with? I mean, now, now that I'm thinking about cats, I read some study that showed like looking at cat videos and, and cute animal videos in general can really help you feel happier. And, you know, it should come as no surprise, but now there's scientific evidence behind it. So why not just like put a compilation of really cute animal videos that everybody can just go on together and feel happier at the end? Aww. <laughs> that is such a cute idea. <laughs> What is the most unusual job that you've ever had and what was the best thing you've learned from it? So I, I worked at a winery in college and the way I pictured it was very like, oh, I'd be there in a cute dress, giving people wine tastings, talking about like what flowers and berries you're tasting in the wine. It sounded very romantic to me. It turned out to not be romantic at all. I was lugging big cases of wine up and down stairs all day, dusting wine bottles. It was really boring and tedious but my plan was to stick it out for the summer but I was a poor judge of time at age 19 and I realized they had scheduled me for 40 hours of work during finals week so I called them and I was like oh you know I can't work this many hours this week and they basically said okay don't come back then it was a relief actually I did end up finding another job but it was a relief and it, you know, I think that was the first time I really learned that I need to prioritize. And as hard as it was for me to turn down the extra cash as a poor college student, I knew that the whole reason I was there at all was to do well in school. So if, if I wasn't prioritizing that, then what was the point of even working at the winery or being up in that area of the world? So I think that was the biggest takeaway from that. It, it's just prioritizing. And, you know, one thing I could have done better was organizing my schedule a bit more. You know, it was no surprise that finals were coming up. So I could have been a better communicator in terms of my capacity. But, you know, it was a learning experience. And I, I think we've all had those jobs that didn't work out <laughs> for one reason or another. So that was one of mine. And then I'm sure whenever we have really 
awful job. It's always a relief when we get fired or let go because you don't want to do it. You don't want to leave and quit because, you know, you're trying to prove something to yourself. But then when you get let go, you're like, okay, this is bad. I kind of feel awful. But then I also kind of feel really good. So... (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. That relief, that guilty relief is kind of an amazing feeling in a in a weird way. <laughs> I think we've all felt that. Oh my goodness. It's it's a horrible yet a really good feeling. So having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting that you have ever encountered? So I lived in Indonesia for a year. I was based in Jakarta, the capital, and it's on the island of Java. But I heard about this woman. Her name is Sri Lestari. And what she was doing, well, she was in an accident. She was paralyzed from the waist down. And in Indonesia, as a disabled, as a person with disabilities, it's not the same as in Western countries. They don't have a lot of resources available to help you or to ensure that you can keep getting around like you should be able to. So you end up confined to your house and and potentially stuck in a life of poverty. But she was so inspiring because she worked with this group to build a modified motorcycle that allowed her to bring her wheelchair onto the motorcycle and drive around. All of a sudden, she could get around and she was driving around to other people with disabilities' houses to show them that they could be independent and and she would help them get transportation to do so. And I found out that she was doing an amazing road trip from the island of Java through Bali to eventually give a TED talk. And I reached out to her and I asked if she would let me follow her around for a few days. And and she graciously said yes. So spending three days with her, like seeing her life and watching her meet with her clients and just seeing what somebody can do when they put their mind to it and they believe in themselves was really inspiring for me. And I will always remember that experience. It's also an eye-opening experience, I'm sure, because there's so many things that we take for granted here in the U.S. and even in any first world country that we are so lucky to have health insurance or even to buy health insurance and to have a job that will pay you to get insurance. It's just so many things that we take for granted. And then when you see someone who was so resilient after even all the obstacles that they're facing is amazing yeah and to see her going out and helping others like that was above and beyond you know it's one thing to find freedom for yourself and it's another thing to start bringing it to others so I so admired her and and respected her and it was a privilege for me to spend a few days in her life and also I'm pretty sure that if she's talking to you she doesn't see it as anything extraordinary because most people when they're doing something it's just like hey I'm just doing this right so it's good for you to to be able to see that and to realize what she's doing and the impact she's making to you and to other people with disabilities as well so that's definitely an incredible meeting that made an impact on you Johnny Woo! (laughs) (laughs) what are you working on that you're really excited about well I have some fun story ideas you know like I said before I'm trying to put myself out there a bit more and get published in those names you see on the newsstand more frequently. Um, So I have some story ideas I'm toying with and I'm going to start writing those pictures and setting them out this week. And I am excited for summer travels. I've got some fun trips coming up and I'm also excited to just try and um, find more balance in my life. I think my first couple months as a freelancer were really extraordinarily busy, which is a great place to be. And now it's time to, now that I understand that 
this is viable and I can keep doing this, it's time to step back and reevaluate, streamline and prioritize things that are important to me that I may have pushed aside to keep working. So now if somebody's listening to this and they want to do what you want to do, Johnny, and they have a full-time job, but they don't know how to leave it to finally do this for themselves, what would be the best resource or advice that you can give someone? I think leaving your job to do anything, whether you're, you want to be a writer or a photographer or start some sort of business, you need startup capital. And most of us don't save enough of the money that we make from our full-time salary jobs. I think it's really important to start putting away that money, even if it's just $10 a month. Put away small amount and you're, it will be motivating when you start seeing that add up. You'll want to put more and more away. And eventually that will grow into you know, a nest egg that you can then use to springboard into the career that you really want. Um, but I think without those savings, it forces you to start your career in a very uncertain place. It's much better to have that security and know that if things are hard at first, you'll be okay. I think it takes a lot of the stress and anxiety off of it if you can be in financially an okay place. I also feel like that's usually most of us, that's the biggest stress is how are we going to afford to live once we leave our nine to five. So being prepared is so crucial before you actually take that step towards whatever it is that you want to do. So if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you, Johnny? You can go to my website, johnnymsweet.com. That's J-O-N-I-M-S-W-E-E-T.com. And you'll, you can see all my work up there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Johnny, for joining me here. It's such a beautiful day. I don't know if you guys can hear the birds, but we are so comfortable in our bench here in the park, and it's incredible. So thank you, Johnny, for making this uh, day a little more sweeter. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. This was so fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Johnny. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Johnny where she shares how to stand out from your competition as a writer. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.